Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 110 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm your pal, Andy Stewart. You sure are. How are you, my friend? I'm okay, man. I'm pretty good, pretty good. Things are starting to relax a little bit in terms of lockdown, so that's pretty good. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, definitely. It's been quite nice to just like have a little bit more flexibility. I saw my girlfriend this week for the first time in 108 days. <laughs> How was that? It was great. It was great, but um, yeah, um, uh, just an incredibly long time. So, uh, so that was great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe just kind of going for a pint this week, maybe things like that. Oh, uh, obviously, right. being okay, very yeah. careful. There's a pub just down the street from me that's very dear to my heart that I've been kind of hoping and waiting for reopening just to go and have a quiet one. Maybe even just like by myself to just enjoy being back in there. Yeah. And I'm kind of hoping to maybe do that uh, this week. So shout out to the Alison Arms. I'm coming for you. Yeah. What is the situation with masks in pubs? That's a really interesting question. I um, I'm not sure. It seems like th- it seems like it's fine to not wear them in pubs, which is confusing to me. Yeah, I think what you need, right, is you need one of those beer helmets, you know, with the, the two cans on the side, and you could just plug two pints into that, and then you could just run the tubes round the side of your mask. Yeah, now you're talking. See, that sounds good to me. So I'm always thinking, Mitch. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, always, always three moves ahead of the experts. <laughs> By the way, wear a fucking mask if you're out and about. It's really good. I've been to the shops a few times, kind of since the weekend, and everywhere I've been, I've been. It's been really nice to see everyone in the shops wearing masks in Scotland. Yeah, I haven't seen any like videos of entitled arseholes kicking up a fuss about having to do it or anything like that. So can we just keep that up, please? Yeah, well done, guys. Well done. But um, outside of the continuing craziness of the wider world, how has your week been? It's been okay. I completed The Last of Us Part Two. Excellent. I've seen a few people just kind of getting over the line with that. Um, mostly the people who are getting to the end of it are very enthused about it. I, I don't like video game crybabies and there's a lot of them out there and it's hard to see this game as being anything other than amazing. So uh, yeah, whatever. But I did watch something. I went on to Shudder and watched The Beach House, which we talked about last week. Right, uh, now, uh, there has been quite a bit of activity on the Chud Locker this week talking about uh, The Beach House. A lot of people saying that it is great, that it's very gory, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, in fact, it's unanimously positive stuff so uh, but tell us a little bit about it what's it about uh, refresh the memory for the people who weren't paying attention in the streaming platforms last week and um yeah tell us what you thought yeah uh, it's about a, a couple man and woman who visit this beach house it's owned by one of their parents um they've got a bit of a rocky relationship on the go and i think this is a kind of make or break trip to the beach when they get there they there's also another couple arrive who i believe are friends of one of the parents okay as it continues from there, they start to notice weird stuff happening. They start to notice weird spores kind of in the air and weird translucence in the water. And it, where it goes from there is it, it's this kind of... It's essentially a biological nightmare in the same way as the bay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the bay. Yeah, I like the bay. And it's basically this contagion that manifests in body horror ways that I find really lovely. <laughs> of course, naturally, yeah. And kind of becomes this apocalyptic level event 
Oh, really? Okay, okay. I kind of yeah. assumed that it was going to be something that was way more insular than that, so that's kind of interesting. It is, in a way, because we've, we've really only got the, the four characters for the duration of the film. Okay. But you get a sense of the scale and of the impact that this event's going to have on a wider level. Um, and I, I really liked this. I thought it was really good. At first, uh, I was a bit shaky on the guy that played the boyfriend because there was some lines of dialogue that, you know, you know when someone delivers a line of dialogue that's so jarring and so much as no one would ever say it? Yes, yes. Uh, that's right, that's it, my number one thing that takes me out of a film. Yeah, it felt like a line that was written and then there was no wiggle room to change it. Right, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bit of that and I found that a bit hard to get on with to begin with. But then it starts to really build this creeping slow tension and dread. I actually thought that the start was fairly slow, but it has it does have a nice creeping build up until things really start kicking off. And, and then, yeah, like I say, it gets nice and sticky and oozy and right in my wheelhouse really excellent good and that's shutter uh, pretty much everywhere i think isn't it as i believe yeah but I, I know i had said to you last week that I'd, I'd heard overwhelmingly positive things and uh yeah i really really enjoyed it i know I'd, i've read a few people who were a bit more lukewarm on it but it was quite for me good nice it sounds like your viewing for the week was more successful than mine oh god um so i spun the always risky wheel of uh netflix original horror this week oh god uh, something that we mentioned on the streaming platforms a couple of weeks ago. I actually watched about the first half hour of it about a week ago. Right. Um, and it was just one of those things where I just I got waylaid to do something else, and I was like, I, I just I logged in this morning actually, and it was like there was an hour left of this, and I was like, you know what, I've got an hour. Uh, so I'll watch this now. So I watched the remainder of Cruel Peter. Cruel Peter. Yes. Um, so what you have here. <laughs> Is a film that opens on, I think it's 1908 that we start in, um, in Spain. And there is this kid just like cutting about the titular uh, Cruel Peter. Right, okay. Uh, cutting about being a fucking arsehole in a kind of we need to talk about Kevin kind of way. Okay. You okay. know, like, like just, you know, just like, not, like kind of bigger than your average, that kid's a bit of a dick kind of thing. You know, he's, uh, he's, 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 he's a mean, he's a mean kid, you know. He's a cruel, right, he's sure. a cruel kid, if you like. So ultimately. Not uh, just a clever title. No, no, no. Uh, just layers and layers. But no, um, uh, ultimately, towards the end of this kind of um, prologue, yeah, this kid dies. He's imprisoned in a tomb uh, underground, and he gets locked in there, and he perishes. The right. is this, is it, is, does this happen just because he's a prick? <laughs> it's kind of a long story, but he ends up trapped in this place, and he dies, right? Um, right okay. At this point, we fast forward to the present day. Ooh. And um, we have a teenager who is trying to tap into the su- supernatural to communicate with her dead mother. Um, <laughs> she ventures into the further, if you like, and um, there is somebody else that she comes across that is not her mom. You can probably hazard a guess who it is. Is it Cruel Peter? It is Cruel Peter, yes. Spectral arsehole Cruel Peter. <laughs> And yeah, it kind of it hits a lot of very familiar possession beats after that. To the to the point that uh, you know you've you've got the elderly Hispanic lady exposition delivery vessel mm-hmm. is in there. I think that there's you know there is these things that are supposed to be scary and unnerving that are kind of outrightly quite silly because inherently like a child kind of like Vader choking an au pair doesn't really look it looks silly uh, regardless of what it's meant to signify and there's quite a lot of stuff like that I think that the problem with this is that it is a deeply deeply silly concept masquerading as a very serious film and that's the problem it's bad in all the wrong ways right I see like okay. um you know that thing where it's like if uh, I was kind of like if if what I wanted 
was when you realized that this was going to be like a ghost bully. Like, I would like to have seen them have a little bit more fun with that conceit, but I'm not going to rag on them for not making the film that I wanted to see. My problem is that it takes itself so incredibly seriously, it plays it so straight, that you can never fully reconcile that with the fact that the actual baseline story of it is quite daft. Right. And I mean, those two things do work sometimes. Like, I think, like having something that sounds like it's going to be silly and playing it in a very serious way works for something like It Follows. If I told you that, that, that we were about to be watching a film about a sexually transmitted curse, people would assume that it's a daft film. It's not, and it works. This is a film about a ghost bully. It is a daft idea, and it doesn't work. Um, there's no right level to enjoy this film on. <laughs> and that's my problem with it. Um, so Cruel Peter's out there if you want to check it out (laughs) but yeah it wasn't for me and that was unfortunately about all that I had time for this week with one obvious exception Mitch watches things on the 19th I did indeed uh, this week. It was a rewatch, but I haven't seen it in quite a long time. And uh, I always forget exactly how star-studded this was. Um, okay. And also the fact that it's really quite good. Back in 1998 for The Faculty. Ah, yes, amazing. Yes, really, really fun. But also, like, I like, I would say I haven't seen this since, like, circa 2008. Right, okay. Um, so, Revis, I totally forgot um, that everyone from the ground up in the cast is basically a notable. Mm-hmm. Like Elijah Wood, John Stewart, Usher. Robert Patrick, Famke Janssen, uh, Josh Hartnett, Clea Duvall, but also written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's like 90s royalty all over the shop in this. Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing. Yeah, and it works. I mean, I, I think it's it's a really fun film. There's actually, there's a lot more fun kind of effect stuff to it than I remembered. It pitches itself at a perfect level of seriousness, I think. It's been a while since I've watched it, um, and it's something that I keep meaning to revisit. It's actually something that um, I'd be really keen to upgrade my current DVD. I, I mean, I would say get, get on it. Um, also, like, just if you're looking for an absolutely perfect kind of 90s soundtrack as well. Yeah, weirdly it closes out on Stay Young by Oasis. It does. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Music obviously by Marco Balsami, but apart from that, it's like uh, the offspring, stabbing westward, yeah, yeah. garbage, inevitably Creed. Oh god, yeah. Um, yeah. Just everywhere, everywhere. Like it's just like it's it's just. I think that some films like like Disturbing Behavior, for instance, suffers from cramming '90s stuff into every available space. Uh, it's infinitely to this film's benefit that it does, in my opinion. I've seen a lot. I know you talked about it the other week on this very segment, but I've seen a, suddenly a massive uptick in people talking about Disturbing Behavior on social media and, in the last kind of couple of days. It's so terrible. <laughs> Well, there's a few people out there that might disagree with you, because I've seen some people singing its praises over the past couple of days. I want to hear from these people. I want to argue with people about disturbing behaviour, and I'm ready for it. But yeah, that was my 90s viewing this week, and um, it was really, really fun to revisit the faculty. If anybody either hasn't seen it, or if it's been a wee while since you've seen it, go and check it out. It's probably better than you remember. Yeah, I, I recall it being excellent, and like I say, I've got it here, but I just it's something I keep meaning to go back to, and I, I just haven't for a good few years now. If Honestly, if you have a free evening or a free hour and a half or whatever, just treat yourself. Just sit back, relax, and it honestly like it was like i say it's probably it's about the most fun i've had with any of the 90s stuff so far excellent now just going to quickly touch on smoky thriller friday because it's my fault that we didn't do it this week uh well it's not my fault actually it's my son's fault but yeah no smoky thriller this week um this is getting increasingly difficult to manage maybe we should move it to fortnightly what i think we should do is 
I don't want to bin it as a as a notion because I think that um, you know there's a decent reserve of people out there who are interested in smoky thrillers. This is evidenced sure. in the feedback and things become weak. So what I think we should do is we should try and do them and mention them when we do them. Okay. Basically, what you're saying is we're going to keep Smoky Thriller Fridays spectral. It'll pop up whenever it does, but don't expect it. Yeah, I think like expect it like as a nice treat every now and again. Perhaps the Smoky Thriller Friday theme may stick its head above the parpet, and we'll have some stories for you. Um, because oh, God like knows there's plenty. There's plenty of them and we do yeah. have some and we do have plenty that we want to watch so i think we should probably take some of the pressure off ourselves <laughs> right now because between doing main episodes minisodes patreon content editing and having lives and uh, you being a parent i think that it's fair to say that being able to keep to a regular friday night schedule is going to get increasingly tricky uh, even more so i would say now that you're uh back seeing your girlfriend and just back in life in general being able to go places and things like that so um we'll still be doing smoky thrillers i think but uh yeah perhaps not with i was gonna say with the regularity that we have been but we haven't been doing it regularly <laughs> at all no no not even slightly anyway moving swiftly on what have they been saying Feedback time, and uh, we have had a decent amount this week, so a big thank you to everybody that's been getting in touch. Um, a decent amount of you obviously getting in and uh, letting us know your thoughts on both the episode and the film from this week. So a big thank you to uh, Galen Howard of Death Sember, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He joined us this week, and we talked at length about Robber from 2010. Um, hmm. So a few people getting in touch with some thoughts on that one, always welcome. I want to say a quick hello to Dan Martin, previous guest from just a few weeks ago, Murder Rock. Of course. Who, when we announced it, simply said masterpiece. Disagree, Mitch? Uh, yes, I do disagree. Uh-huh, I must say. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but there's a decent reserve of affection out there for this one. I, I've seen some. I've seen some out there. So I've got Saltire Popcorn. Kevin Matthews here saying, So many potential tire puns. Bravo to who else but Mitch for resisting a lot of the opportunities. He managed to tread carefully. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> on, a, on a similar tip, uh, Darren Gaskell got in touch. He um, kept the tire puns to a minimum on the chud locker, but uh, in the interest of balancing, went absolutely ballistic with tire puns on Twitter. Yeah, I responded to this, I think, with a pun of my own. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good, I thought. He said, this week's Strong Violent PC has a continental flavour as it features killer Ooh. tire movie rubber. 2010 was a good year for this kind of weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> tune in to see what andy and mitch ellen made of it yeah yeah but then darren came back to say i don't think there's quite enough mileage uh, in it to be a cult classic but i do like this one even if it's just throwing stuff at the plot wall to get it to feature length bonus points for wings hauser as well yes a great man with a great name yes oh, imagine that was your name i wow. know i know have you got anything else on rubber before we move on to other things i do yep Hanny at Hanny underscore Ray getting in touch to say, very funny episode, guys. Actually considering revisiting Robert's adventure after your discussion. Not promising to like it any better, but you've given me some stuff to think about. So presumably then, Hanny's seen it before and like yourself, wasn't a massive fan. Yeah, um, interesting though that, that something in there has piqued your curiosity to go back to it. Hanny, of course, if you do, then let us know how that pans out for you. We always want to know if the conversation or if hmm. anything that we kind of anything that happens on the show does anything to change your mind 
or if a rewatch yep. changes your mind after you're kind of prompted off this. So that kind of stuff's always interesting. So let us know if you do that. Elsewhere, I uh, just want to say a quick hello to Laura, uh, buying an LV on Twitter, just um, for letting us know how we were fitting into her schedule this week. Uh, she was on a socially distanced train listening to our Intruder episode. Oh, cool. And like, uh, so hope you enjoyed that, Laura. But like I say, uh, I, I have this weird fascination with knowing what people are up to while they're listening to us or how we're fitting into routines, especially right now. Yeah, yeah. It's because things are, as we've acknowledged, things are a bit weird and a bit different. Um, and I know that a lot of the traffic that we get in terms of listenership usually comes on people's commute. So it's interesting to know what people are doing instead of commuting when they're listening to us. Even if that's doing a dump, if that's just like while you're lounging in your garden, if you've got the weather, we don't. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's nice to hear. Absolutely. Anything else? Yeah. Dave Cooper at Deluxe underscore man saying, finally listen to the Hellboy episode. Ah. I saw it at the cinema and remember maybe five people walking out. I can only assume they thought it was a follow-up to the Del Toro films and they weren't ready for the gore. <laughs> I think that there might be other reasons why people walked out with that. <laughs> I wasn't sure on initial viewing, but subsequent viewings really sold me on this version. I'm curious as to how many times Dave has watched this film. After yeah, he's really done the work. Viewings. He's really done yeah. the work by the sense of it, yeah. Yes, it's not a good film, but it's a lot of fun. As long as you switch your brain off before going in, that's the way forward. The gore is so OTT that I laugh every time. Fair enough, fair enough. Thanks for getting in touch, Dave. Um, also, just want to say a quick little new person alert. Grant Sherwin, Pollock Perlow on Twitter, simply saying strong coffee and strong violent PC because it's Monday morning. So thanks a lot for that, Grant. Welcome aboard. Grant, Glasgow's foremost uh, Peter Sutcliffe lookalike. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, I want to say a quick hello to uh, Canel getting in touch through his Sinister Cinema account. Ah, um, yes. Now, we did mention last week because I did watch Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood last week as part of the uh, 90s side oh, quest. Yeah, I feel like this is, a, this is a feedback that should have come to me. Well, he did say, or do you think so? Why? Because it was me that said, I believe, that I was under the impression that there was only two feature films released under the Tales from the Crypt banner. Yeah, I did say that I uh, really liked both Demon Knight and uh, Bardello of Blood and wondered if any more existed. You said that your understanding was that there were only two. Canel comes in and says, there was a third Tales from the Crypt movie, Ritual. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's essentially a remake of White Zombie with Tim Curry and it was released in most territories just as Ritual with this wildly inappropriate Crypt Keeper intro removed. He sent us a YouTube link to this. <laughs> um, it's bad. Yeah, I only got around to it this morning, actually. But I watched it back, and fucking hell. It's uh, I think it, the, the word would be misguided. Yeah, a little bit cultural appropriation-y. Yeah, you just need to look at the thumbnail to know that it's... <laughs> potentially problematic yes aha uh-huh. and um however problematic you think it might be from the thumbnail it's worse yes it somehow manages to be much much worse um i have a couple of things left uh, do you have anything else you want to uh, you want to mention i do i do uh gorehound at zombies low getting in touch to say feeling spoiled not only do i get more strong violent pc but i'm also supplied with tonight's horror freaks um, so yeah, uh, presumably Gorehound went and watched Freaks. I'd be keen to know if Gorehound enjoyed Freaks as much as we did. Yeah, because we're well into it, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was excellent. <laughs> or as anyone on the Patreon will know from uh, the mini episode that we put out about it just this past week there. Um, but thanks for getting in touch, and uh, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed it. Let us know. Uh, we also want to say a quick quote to Stevie, who in his non-cinema world uh, also was without podcast briefly. <laughs> Um, because uh, Spotify went down but he eventually got them back and just uh, let us know that he was back online and uh, was checking out us and uh, last podcast on the left this week don't mind being mentioned in the same tweet as those guys thank you Stevie 
Um, Stevie also mentioned uh, this week, he did say, I have a confession. I'm currently doing a Mitch. I've never seen Chud or Chud 2, but the Chud. Maybe it's time I visited these films before my membership to SVPC gets uh, revoked. Uh, also, um, Alexis, Cosmic Ray Girl, and uh, Andre Martin's getting in touch saying that they'd never seen them either. I think that it would be incredibly hypocritical of me to revoke anybody's membership for having not seen films. Yeah, we're not about to start revoking people's memberships for not having seen certain films. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you're, you're quite right, Mitch. That would, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a very Trumpian move to me. Yeah, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, like, I, I can't punish people for uh, what are effectively my shortcomings. <laughs> that's a do what I say, not as I do type thing. Absolutely, very much so. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to get out there before we carry on? <laughs> uh, related to the podcast. Ideally, yeah. Like if, you're, if you're just going to be airing dirty laundry, I'd rather you did it on your own time. <laughs> the airing of grievances will begin now. <laughs> yes. No, I've got nothing else, no. Okay, in that case, I just want to say very quickly, I want to say a big hello and congratulations to our old pal Graham Hughes, who got in touch on the Chud Locker this week to just mention the fact that, of course, uh, his film Death of a Vlogger is available now on VOD platforms. Loads of people have been talking about this through the week and talking about finally getting to see it, uh, people who haven't caught it at festivals and stuff like that, and talking about how much they've enjoyed it. It has been really nice from our perspective to see... Uh, this film gets such great feedback because it is great. Graham's a great guy, but he's really he's made a great film for almost nothing here. And um, to see it kind of getting the recognition that it deserves uh, now that it's out there in the wider world a little bit is really nice to see. So, uh, Graham, thanks for getting in touch. Thanks for always being such a good supporter of the show. And congratulations on a great release week for Death of a Vlogger. Yeah, congratulations, man. You, you, like Mitch has said, I can only really echo that. I absolutely love the film. I bought it as soon as it came out. Yeah, you've pulled a blinder there and... Yeah, we're going to have to have him back sometime, aren't we? Well, we've already had him twice. How many times? How, how much is too much? <laughs> yeah, we'll I give love him a him in that, but come on. Well, well, it's, well, the same with, it's the same with that McPhail guy. <laughs> I miss John. I think we need him back. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that concludes the feedback for this week. So Time for me to scream then. It's Mitch's Pitches! It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a horror film from years gone by, a poster, therefore. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline, any other identifying text, and leave only the image. It'll be up to me to... Describe the image to the best of my ability and give it a title and a synopsis based on what's in front of me. Yes. So this past week we had Rats, Native Terror, reappropriated by me as Mouse of the Devil. <laughs> uh, looking into the shady goings-on at the McCheese Institute of Advanced Research. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mayor McCheese, Chester McCheese, or whatever his name was. Uh, it was a Sherman McCheese. Um, oh, right. <laughs> So a few people getting in touch on this one. I want to say a quick hello to Guy Reeford first, The Hills Have Tails. All right, okay. Um, Also, I want to say hello to Shan on Twitter, who um, apparently had started writing a pitch uh, Mm. after a few drinks the uh, the other night, and uh, Kian had intervened and stopped her from sending it. (laughs) Um, But what she's done is that she's sent us just like, an arbitrary block of text from it. I, th- I would go so far as to call it a teaser because I'd, I'd, I'd be keen to read the rest of it. Well, it says a group of people from the small town of Rodentia, Connecticut, try to overcome the abundance of rats in the force that want to chew through the brains of those who know. Dot dot dot. It's like you can't leave us hanging like that. God Almighty! See, 
we could put it out to, to other listeners to complete the pitch. I, I demand to know where that goes. Uh, Chris Salt getting in touch when a delivery mix-up sees a tanker of rat poison delivered to a party supplies warehouse. It seems like uh-huh. logistics manager Laurie Dupuis day can't get any worse. But when news reaches him that the intended helium delivery has gone to the pesticide factory next door, he discovers that the repercussions are far more severe than he could ever have mm. imagined. Now as tiny poop nuggets rain from the sky and ear-splittingly high-pitched squeaks rend the air, only Laurie and a crack team of maverick pest control experts can protect the world from an unspeakable terror from above in 1978's Sky Rats. <laughs> Is that not just the plot to Ghostbusters? <laughs> oh man, welcome back Chris. Um, Alexis, private investigator Shanks McCoy is working undercover <laughs> in an animal testing lab. The scientist, Shelby Cumming, is mixing rat and cow DNA. It's 1992's Ratamui. Oh right, okay, yes. And Kevin Matthews this week. The PPE may have finally arrived, but that's not going to help when the coronavirus has infected the rodent population of the world, leading to rats that either gnaw through their victims or try to infect them with the virus. It's a tasteless full moon feature starring Armin DeSante with a guest <laughs> appearance by 80s TV favourite Roland Rat. The Corodents. They'll take your snacks, they'll steal your cheese, they'll bite your face, they'll cough and sneeze. <laughs> And finally, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter, in a post-apocalyptic world where local councils were unable to collect the local refuse, resulting in rodents of unusual size taking over, only one man and his band of PPE hoarders can deal with them in Ratocalypse 2021. Right, okay, cool. So, uh, best character name and best pitch. Can I give it to Alexis and Kevin two weeks in a row? You can indeed. So is that for uh, Shanks McCoy and for uh, Kevin's pitch, which was uh, the Corodents? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, it, it's something I think people have forgotten that I'm a sucker for a rhyme. It's true. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, it was a good rhyme. It was strong as well. Alexis and Kevin, champions two weeks in a row. Uh, Rab, the delivery driver, very familiar with the roads to both of your properties now. And he'll be back there this week. <laughs> that's actually quite worrying, given <laughs> Rab's past. Yeah, given what we know about Rab. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so it's my turn now, I guess. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> what have we here? Oh, my. Uh, okay, right. Quite a bit going on here. Mm. Uh, the border to this image is white. Uh, yes. The bottom the bottom third of the image, also white, uh, presumably where you've removed the text. The upper background is black. I can also tell you, Mitch, that there was some text removed from the upper left quadrant. Interesting. Okay, okay. Thank you for that. So what we have here is a, a woman that I think I could safely describe as voluptuous. Mm. Um, <laughs> what is it that gives you that impression, Mitch? I'm not going to say any more than that. Thank you very much. Um, uh, she's wearing a uh, like quite revealing purple dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really tell what colour her hair is because it looks blue, but I'm presuming that that's a lighting choice. She appears to be in a state of some distress, I think it's fair to say. She's being carried off into the night by a bird-like creature, a bird-headed creature, certainly. Um, so it has large kind of talons that look more like human hands um, mm-hmm. that are cradled under her legs and neck. We can't really see the creature. We can't see a wingspan or anything like that. But I'm just going to make the assumption that it is assuming the broad form of a bird prey. Um, okay, Mitch, what I will say is it appears to have human shoulders. It does appear to have human shoulders, actually. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Kind of like a, a, kind of a human upper body profile, maybe. Um, or incredibly small wings that would potentially render flight difficult, much yeah. like a bee. Yeah, that's true actually. But anyway, we have got um, it's quite disheveled looking. It kind of looks like it's um, it kind of looks like it's been cobbled together with stuff from a dump. <laughs> you know, uh, it kind of it kind of looks like a trash bird. Sure. 
um, yep, yep. But it has got um, a, like, a boring, piercing red eyes and mm. uh, some fangs uh, inside its beak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, purple-dressed, voluptuous woman carried off into the night by disheveled-looking trash bird with fangs in beak. <laughs> I would also say that her hands appear to be bound, which is even more distressing. Oh, yeah, so they are, so they are. Right, I will need a moment. Sure, take all the time you need. Thanks very much. See, on the whole, I'm quite a fan of birds, right? But do you know what I hate? Go on. I hate when you're walking along the street and you get a very near flyby from a pigeon. Yes, don't care for that myself. In fact, you know that one time I was uh, I was walking across George Square in Glasgow, and um, a pigeon flew directly into my face. Oh, front on. Yeah, like no, there's like like no no flyby, no graze, no nothing. Oh. Um, full on right in the chin. I wow, think you may. I mean, you're fortunate that you weren't beaked in the in the in the eye. I, I certainly was fortunate that I wasn't beaked in the eye. You know, I think that it probably came off worse than me because it kind of went head first into my chin. Did you take a moment to check if it was okay? Uh it it fled the scene. <laughs> <laughs> hit and run, classic pigeon hit and run. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that I think did that, it appear I, dazed? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it did a little bit, but I, th- I, th- I think that I think he was back to full strength. Certainly, judging by the pelt that he got away from me. Mm. Uh, also, I would say, Mitch, that the pigeons carry a lot of parasites, so it's quite possible that you're infected with something. That would explain a lot. Yeah. Okay, I've got something here. Okay, fire away. After her son is murdered at an illegal rave by serial killer Tabitha Muerte, dubbed the Ketamine Strangler by the press, introverted suburban matriarch Don Pushmi is devastated. Driven by her grief and her insatiable lust for vengeance, she turns in desperation to a local ornithologist and part-time sorcerer for assistance. Using both his encyclopedic knowledge of birds of prey and his flourishing ability to cast shape-shifting spells, he grants Don the ability to transform into a giant peregrine falcon. Soaring across the city, bent on retribution, what starts as a deadly fight for survival soon turns into a deadly fight for survival as Dawn finds Tabitha and swoops in, taking her back to her quiet suburban home to make her pay for her crimes. Can Tabitha escape? Will Dawn avenge her son's death? Who exactly are we supposed to be rooting for here? Find out the answers to all these questions and more in 1987's Mother Falcon Vengeance, the feathery dismembering of a disemboweling fowl. I really like that. By the way, I'm going to tell you, like, uh, you may be surprised to hear that you're closer than you know. <laughs> I love it when this happens. Okay, uh, tell me more. So, uh, what's what's the year? Uh, my year was 1987. What's the year? Right. What is the film? What's it about? And most importantly of all, who is stepping in from IMDb to synopsisize for us today? Well, the year is 1972, so you swung a bit wide there. 15 years out. Not a classic. Okay. <laughs> No, uh, the film is Blood Freak. Blood Freak? Yes. All right then, okay, uh, tell me more about Blood Freak, or at least outsource telling me more about Blood Freak. Okay, so uh, this week's synopsisizer is Frank Fobb. Frank Fobb, fantastic, okay, cool. That <laughs> sounds like a bitch's bitch's name in its own right. <laughs> uh, okay, hang on. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Frank. You got this. A biker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cuss of Frank. Okay. A biker comes upon a girl. <laughs> Fuck off. A biker comes upon a girl with a flat tyre and offers her a ride home. He winds up at a drug party <laughs> with oh the girl's sister. Then follows her to a turkey farm owned by her father, 
a mad scientist. <laughs> the father turns the biker into a giant turkey monster. <laughs> I'm not finished. The father turns the biker into a giant turkey monster who goes after drug dealers. <laughs> Okay, good, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, blood Freak. to his Blood Freak. Oh my god, thank you so much for that. And thank you, Frank. Jesus. <sighs> Day made. That concludes Mitch's Bitches for this week. By that the way, image... just a cursory, cursory check on Amazon Prime. It's on there. Fantastic. Amazing. That image is everywhere. Everybody, please get in on this. I get the impression that this one's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you guys See if you really... could do better than Frank. You guys have been bringing it lately. So, um, so yeah, very, very keen to hear what you guys come up with. In the meantime, let's turn our attentions to the streaming platforms for this week then. A decent spread of stuff. Um, there's certainly a lot of stuff, whether it's any good remains to be seen, although there's a couple of things in there that I can definitely vouch for. Netflix first then. Uh, Wednesday the 15th, Sylvia, when a man outgrows a childhood friend and commits to marrying his girlfriend, obsession and spiritual warfare soon disrupt his peaceful Ooh. life. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Dark Desire Season 1, also on Wednesday. Married Alma spends a fateful weekend away from her home that ignites passion, ends in tragedy, and leads her to question the truth about those close to her. Sounds like a pretty smoky series to me. Sounds incredibly smoky. Staying in a smoky tip. On Thursday the 16th, we've got Fatal Affair. A lawyer is caught in a terrifying game of cat and mouse when a drink with an old friend escalates into an obsession that jeopardises everyone she loves. Fatal Affair not to be confused with an affair to die for. No, 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 and it also sounds incredibly smoky to the point where I was briefly questioning whether or not I'd had a stroke. <laughs> okay. Um, on Friday the 17th, we've got season one of Cursed. Armed with a mysterious power and a legendary sword, young rebel Nimue oh, joins up forces with charming mercenary Arthur on a mission to save her people. And on Friday the 17th, I would like to remind you that literally any other film in the world exists, but on Friday the 17th, you've got Slender Man, desperate to find their missing <laughs> friend. A group of girls summon the entity they believe took her. The evil legend of internet lore, Slender Man. Now, I am very much of the opinion that people should be left to make up their own minds on things as far as possible. However, what I would say is, that again there is no right level to enjoy slender man on in my opinion andy i know that you feel the same it's terrible yeah it's exceptionally dull patently unscary not self-aware in the least uh just like an absolute disaster there's a bunch of really good stuff has landed on the streaming platforms lately regardless of your curiosity if you feel like this is something that you should catch up with because it mm. wasn't in theaters for long just try and fight that instinct and also try to think why wasn't it in theaters for long well, I mean, that's a question too. And to be honest with you, if you're really wanting to do something Slenderman related that's scary, go and download the game, Slenderman the Eight Pages or whatever it's called. That's still genuinely terrifying. Yeah, do that. That's a good show. Also, I am on Amazon Prime on Friday the 17th. Um, if you are trying to catch up with theatrical horror releases from the last little while, Countdown. When a nurse downloads an app that claims to predict exactly when a person is going to die, it tells her she only has three days left to live. With time ticking away and a figure haunting her, she must find a way to save her life before time runs out. Oh, okay. Um, and Sky Cinema, we've got just the one Sunday the 19th. We've got Bad Therapy. Bob and Susan mm. see marriage counsellor Judy Small to improve their relationship. However, Judy's dark impulses will bring Bob and Susan's marriage to the breaking point. This stars Haley Joel Osment, Alicia Silverstone and Rob Codroy. Okay, weird. 
So yeah, that's there from Sunday. Um, Shudder, pulling in some pretty interesting stuff as always. On Monday the 13th, so today, if you're listening on air date, dead snow. Okay, cool, fun. A, a party of eight Norwegian medical students travel to a remote Arctic mountain for an Easter weekend filled with skiing and relaxation. After one of their group disappears while on a solo cross-country hike, a mysterious local resident tells the remaining visitors that in the waning days of World War II, a battalion of Nazi soldiers disappeared into the nearby woods after the residents turned on them and that their zombified corpses remain on the prowl in the area. Yeah. Also on Monday, we've got Red Hill, a rookie cop played by Dead Silence's Ryan Quentin. All right, okay. Uh, must contend with an escaped murderer who has come to town seeking revenge. And uh, on Thursday the 16th, we've got Lake of Death. Lillian and some friends travel back to the remote family cabin where her twin brother died the previous year. Soon, strange things start happening. So, a decent spread of stuff and I would say a reasonable quality spectrum on the streaming platforms this week. I would say pick of the week. I'm having a hard time seeing past Dead Snow. I'm in agreement with you. Okay, cool. So, moving swiftly on then to this week's show. But just first, just want to quickly say... Some more exclusive Patreon content coming very, very soon indeed. Yeah, if you're in amongst the Patreon tiers, uh, keep an eye on your feeds. We will be announcing some stuff very soon indeed, and we'll be thanking a couple of patrons at the end of the show as well. But yeah, turning our attention to episode 110, which is coming your way this Friday, we do have a guest this week. He's a returning guest, and he is the man behind one of our most popular episodes of all time. Yeah, I've got to be honest, he's been nipping my fucking head for it since the last time he was on, which is almost exactly a year ago. He's been busting my head to come back on and to do this particular film. So I thought, you know what? If it's going to shut you up, let's do this. It is time to welcome back the director of The Perished and the man behind our Jason Goes to Hell episode. And now the man behind the YouTube channel Let's Survive Paddy Plays. It's Mr. Paddy Murphy returning. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> Always nice to have Paddy back, of course. Yes, absolutely. It's a delight to have Paddy back and actually a delight to be doing this film. Uh, we're going back to 1987. For Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2. Uh, important question. Do I have to have seen Ghoulies 1? Um, <laughs> no, no, but I would. Okay, I will try and make time for it. Uh, it would have been very helpful to me if Ghoulies was a 90s film. It would have ticked two boxes at once. Absolutely, I get you. However, I can deal with that on my own time. Paddy Murphy returns this Friday to talk Ghoulies 2 with us. How are you feeling about that? If you want to get in touch with us, there's loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. You can email scenes at gmail.com and you can, of course, interact with other listeners on our Facebook group, The Chud Locker. Yep, and check out our website, strongviolentpod.com, for everything you might need. And you can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash scenes. We've got some amazing tiers, we've got some cool stuff to give away, and of course we will be putting out more exclusive content in the coming days. We're back this Friday talking Ghoulies 2 with Paddy Murphy. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. Hey guys, just want to take a sec before we head away for the week to say thank you to a couple of new people joining in on the Patreon this week. Bruce McCombie first. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Legend. That's very much appreciated. Are. Very much appreciated. And also, I'm an anonymous tipster as well. <laughs> the mystery continues. Now, I've said it previously, I'll say it again. It's not me or Mitch. No, it's not, honestly. I just want to quickly say on the anonymous one, we know who it is, but they have asked to be kept anonymous. Yes, that's right, that's right. Um, now, whether own. that's because they don't want a spouse to know that they're giving away money every month to me and Mitch, who knows? Who can say? Who, who can say? That's none of, that's, that is none of our business. <laughs> Big thank you to both of you guys for joining in this week. If you want to take a look at this for yourself, you can see what's available over at patreon.com forward slash strong language violent scenes. See you later.
Cheers, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.